0: from The Professor Is In. Welcome to the new version of our podcast. We are recording our podcast live on Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific. Make sure you're subscribed to The Professor Is In newsletter to be sure and get that link if you'd like to join us live. Or you can listen to the edited version in the podcast form the following Tuesday. If you'd like to support the live or the podcast, you can head over to bit.ly slash ourpod v-i-t dot l-y slash o-u-r-p-o-d and help support these ongoing programs. Thanks a lot. and We look forward to hearing from you. Hi, welcome to the Professor's In podcast and Wednesday Live. I am Kel Weinhold from the Professor's In and I am joined by...
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Kelsky of The Professor Is In, and as always, we are delighted that you are here with us today. So we were talking about burnout
0: today. Karen mentioned that there was an article in the Chronicle today about burnout that she found to be wholly unsatisfactory. Actually, inside higher ed, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Inside higher ed. Sorry, Chronicle. Um, and so we put out on Twitter that we were interested in talking about burnout. And what do you suppose happens when you engage with academics and you bring up a topic on the interwebs.
1: What happens, Karen? Oh, I thought you were asking our audience. <laughs> People answer with citations and say, I have actually written articles about that. And right.
0: experts experts arrive en masse yeah. or specifically. And, and we had an expert arrive immediately who said, here's some stuff you should know if you might find it interesting. And we tried to have her jump on the call, but uh, I believe that she is across the pond, as they say, Mm -hmm. she is, uh, it's a little bit late for her to, to join us for the conversation.
1: And so then you came and told me and said, oh, we have someone we can talk about who's written about burnout and, and popped up on Twitter And I said, well, what's her name? And she's and Kel said, Petra Boynton. And I said, oh my gosh. And I walked over to my coffee table right next to my laptop. I have her new book, which I am planning to read. So this is Petra Boynton's new book called Being Well in Academia, Ways to Feel Stronger, Safer, and More Connected. And it is a Rutledge Insider Guide to Success in Academia. So there's a whole series of insider guides. And Petra Boynton is a social psychologist who researches in international healthcare with a specialization in the safety and well-being of students and staff in academic settings. And she is UK-based. All right.
0: So I think that one of the big challenges is trying to discern what's what in terms of what's, what's exhaustion, what's burnout, what's depression, what's anything. And I don't know that we can easily answer that question in a, in a podcast. But I do know that when i read the various articles, there was an article in the Atlantic a couple months ago that, well, maybe it was more than a couple months ago that someone sent me because in unstuck groups, I talk about more burnout and that it's really a lot of the same symptoms of exhaustion, of depression, of those things. The, the thing that's, that's the challenge is, okay. So if you, if you, are exhausted and you can't function as usual and you're breaking down and all of those things how do you how do you discern what's what i'm not the psychologist but i don't think that's as important as recognizing that it's going on like discerning this is burnout this is this oh this i see this. the first so point you is- saying
1: is that like it's not all that important to like meet the diagnostic criteria of burnout before you right, start right? addressing it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Totally. So,
0: so, you know, the, the, some of the, some of the sort of symptoms of burnout are, how do we know this is burnout, right? Feeling like a failure or defeated mm-hmm. feelings of helplessness.
1: Well, hang um, on. Do We want to, um, I mean, do before we start introducing it, do we want to actually share the article by Petra Boynton that we are well,
0: I guess it's a blog post. Yeah. And it's part of her whole project that I think is so fantastic. It's called the research companion. And the mm-hmm. research companion is this project that's basically says, if you're studying or teaching or doing research, whatever, right. So those of you who are watching can see this, wherever you are, this is a basically a practical guide for people in the social sciences and health and development to that goes along with you to help you with your research, but it goes along with you in that kind of support, not here, let me to show you how to write your methods section, but how to keep your wits about you as you go through it. And so it's part of that larger project. And this is the project of burnout. There are other topics, but, right. but this is the one on burnout.
1: And so, so this is from December 16th, 2020. And it's a really, really awesome piece. I mean, it Cal started going through it reading a list that she begins with of uh, the causes and triggers of burnout and you know yes she is working from an academic setting but this particular blog post is speaking of burnout generally but this list is kind of stunning do you want to do you want to just go through? no go for it go for it okay so do any of these apply to you she asks (laughs) having control removed from you and or wanting more control over your life, lack of instruction, supervision, and structure and or support, limited accessibility or low or no provision of accommodations, bullying, negative, shaming, and or belittling work-study environments, highly competitive, pressured, and or disorganized work or study spaces, feeling unappreciated, dissatisfied, bored, or unrewarded, Lack of praise and limited opportunities for progression. Having little or no extra time for hobbies or things you enjoy. Being isolated. Too many expectations demands on you. A lack of assistance from others. Fear for the future. Financial instability. Job or housing precarity. Being raised to see failure. Giving up or letting go as negative, irresponsible or wrong. Or where perfectionism, overwork, and high achievement are normalized and rewarded. That's her list.
0: So, so I was reading this list to Karen as we were driving in the car or waiting somewhere. And I said, isn't this like the actual definition of academia? I mean, isn't this just like a character traits of academia? Mm-hmm. So you are at more risk for burnout if those things are true in your mm-hmm. environment. hmm so what's the risk of burnout among faculty? Anybody want to give percentages? I mean, she doesn't say, I'm just saying the risk is so high. Yeah. And grad this students. Is, this is unmasked in a small room with a bunch of people who haven't gotten the vaccine risk. <laughs> uh, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so I'd, show love me- to, I'd love you guys of that list that I just shared. I would love to hear what uh, you feel like um, applies to you. Or yeah. if you do, I mean, maybe you don't. Maybe, maybe you're like, maybe. no. Um, actually, in spring, um, twenty twenty two, I am I'm not suffering from burnout, which is a very valid thing to say. You would be, you know, or I don't feel at risk for burnout. Right, right, yeah. And someone says D, all of the above. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Time.
0: So every single one, right? Each of those things. So here's the the thing, is that A risk of something doesn't mean that you have it. A risk of something doesn't mean that just because you're exhausted, it means you're burned out. What we're looking at is, you know, what she talks about is burnout presenting itself as a sort of cluster of physical, emotional, and behavioral symptoms that worsen over time or flare up under pressure. So rather than that, like, I just worked on this huge project, I've done all these things and I'm so exhausted and you just kind of crash and are not, ready to work on something again and i see people do that all the time like put in all the effort i got it all done they wake up the next day and it's like on to the next project your lack of desire to do that next project may not be burnout it may be the fact that you're not taking any time to celebrate and recover mm-hmm. but if you find yourself repeatedly trying to do something right and there and those kinds of symptoms or those that the sort of cluster of symptoms are getting in your way over and over and over again i think that's when you can start to look at burnout versus a situational
1: response Mm -hmm, for sure so you know that those what i just listed before were triggers and then of course there are symptoms so triggers and symptoms are different and i want to show you know first of all just for the folks who can see the visual Uh, This is a pretty intense, uh, long list of that. She just divides between emotional, behavioral, and physical. And I'm just going to pick and choose because it would probably take the next 20 minutes to read all of these if I were going to do all of them, but I'll just pick a few under emotional, doubting yourself, feeling like a failure. Hello. (laughs) That was my, that was my morning. (laughs) <laughs> uh, feelings of helplessness, numbness or detachment, loneliness, feeling like you can't escape loss of interest in life. That's a, th- these are all under emotional. Behavioral, uh, staying away from other people, avoiding social occasions, canceling interactions, getting isolated, avoiding responsibilities, anger, irritability, impatience, self-harm. And then under uh, physical, sleep problems, insomnia, physical health problems more than usual, uh, appetite changes, joint and muscle pain, feeling lethargic, and so on. And again, this was not a complete list. I just read the first handful of things in each column. So um, I would note brain fog, not being able to concentrate or remember. Um, You know, if you spend any time on social media, especially like Twitter, you know, you, you hear people, and not just academics, but you hear people Complaining or not even complaining per se, but kind of making jokes about their brain fog, about canceling um, social events, about avoiding people. About I think a lot of the introvert discourse that has been developing over the last you know five or ten years is really about burnout. Honestly, it's people not wanting to have to see other people. I'm not saying there aren't real introverts because you know I am one, but it's also I think it's a symptom of of, of burnout in Late capitalism, where there's just too many demands.
0: First of all, you can see why I said I think it's really hard to discern. You know, are you in an acute just response to a thing? Are you are you trying to navigate depression? Are you navigating burnout? I think each one of those. I just want to say right here, each one of these is a thing to be to seek support with. Mm -hmm. This is not a oh wow now we listen to the. Kel and Karen talk about these issues on a podcast and now I know I have burnout and I'm gonna go start reading about how to do it, which would be so like an academic like I just need to read a couple books on burnout but these this this is a per, these are persistent mm. and debilitating issues that that require support. So mm-hmm. I just want to insert a thing here in the middle if, if you're struggling with any of these things mm. that that go to the first levels of support for you, whatever that is right so maybe, you're isolated enough that you that your first level of support is just to call a national helpline to just talk to somebody. Maybe it's, I need to tell a friend. Maybe it's, I need to go to my student health center. I need to do something. But, but I really want to make it clear that if you're struggling with these things, it's pretty, there's, Karen just gave you a whole list of why, so it's not about you. Mm-hmm. And two, you deserve support and, and encouragement and and someone to help you with this. This is mm-hmm. burnout. Is not a, I'm going to fix this at home
1: in my office. Right. Right. In isolation, right. In isolation, or, it's recognized as a actual condition. Yeah. So, and you know, I mean, I don't want to give short shrift to the folks who've been writing about burnout. Cause it's been quite a topic. And I know that Anne Helen Peterson had an article that really blew up. And I believe she ended up writing a book about it or part of a book. Um, and so, you know, she's been very important. And then other people have followed. And I'm sorry that I didn't come prepared with the citations, but uh, there's a lot of information. And by the way, those are not academic studies, so that wouldn't necessarily mean that you would be further isolated as you read these books. I think the books are are really helpful because they destigmatize it. The ones that have come out in the last couple of years they destigmatize it. It is systemic. We are under too much pressure. And.
0: Dr. Boynton talks about this, this really, really thorough resource guide, which is that burnout it for people who are in high-pressured, unpredictable, competitive, unstable environments. Hello, anybody? High-pressure, unpredictable, competitive, unstable. Until you have that unicorn job, that's, that's academia, right? And then it's still high-pressure. And then pressure,
1: it's still academia because then you're tenure track. So right. you're- it's you know you have this sort of Damocles hanging over your head,
0: right? But the point she's making is that that it's it's kind of uh, it's it's presented as a character flaw when in fact it's kind of a reasonable response mm-hmm. to that situation. So that the first intervention is really move this off of an individual failure and move it on to a larger reasonable human response to an untenable situation right so you are doing your best to manage this you're trying to do all these things you're not failing right like you know like if i could get a megaphone you're not failing the system is
1: fucked. don't individualize (laughs) a structural failure no wait don't personalize a structural failure. Exactly. I say exactly. in so many of my workshops. Right. And I wish I could, you know, remember. I'm not saying Kel and I don't say this because we've got it figured out. <laughs> we struggle. We coach to what we know, people. We coach right. to what we know, <laughs> <laughs> not what we do. Anyway. Oh, no, but we what I needed- to do.
0: No, what I'm saying is we experience this. Oh, so yeah, we're, yeah, not, yeah, like, yeah. we're not sitting outside of these things, looking and observing and saying, oh, look at these, you know, we're outside the academy now, or we're outside this and look at what you do. Oh, you graduate students. Oh, you tenure track faculty. It's like, we've been through this and we also experience it just like doing our own work. Mm-hmm. We talk about burnout. We talk about feeling like we can't figure out how to do it, like we're not doing a good job, like, you know, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Then the thing I think is, well, anyway, I was about to go on to a new thing, but were you gonna say something, Karen?
1: Well, I wanted to hear from folks. So first of all, I really wanna mention someone, mentioned the isolation factor has been one of the biggest issues of late. And of course, financial insecurity as a grad student, fear for the future, basically all of the above to some degree you know, it's just endemic in our, in, our, in our world, in academia and outside, I mean, outside of academia in the sense that there's no panacea, there's no job market that is secure inside or outside and overwork is the norm everywhere. So it's not like it's just, it's not like if you leave academia, you will necessarily get away from it. But that does remind me what I wanted to say earlier, which is you are entitled to make the big decisions not, not necessarily just to chip away at this and chip away at that. And maybe I'll get a calendar and I'll get a, one of those journals and I'll, you know, and I'll, you know, and I'll eke out an hour here for a, one yoga class a week. I mean, those are great and I am not dismissing any of those things, but it is okay to make the big dramatic decision, which more and more people are making, which is I can't have a healthy life in academia. I have to leave
0: and it's also it's also reasonable to make the healthy dramatic decision of saying no staying in academia and starting to say no mm-hmm. so i feel like there are lots of people who are in are in the academy who have and i'm not i'm not trying to blame i'm not laying blame here i'm saying that the way that this system eats and churns is that it's can you do this can you do this can you do this and and a whole bunch of people who are struggling with feeling like they're good enough, like they belong, like they're doing enough, all those things, say yes, auto yes to a whole bunch of stuff and then reach the max. And it is okay to say, you know, here, I'll give you a phrase that you can use so you don't have to deal, somebody on Facebook talked about all the, the sort of people treating you like you're sick when you say you have a burnout instead of it being a reasonable response. Mm-hmm. But here's, here are a couple phrases that you can use for every request. Thank you for the opportunity, but my writing schedule doesn't allow for that right now. But please do get in touch with me next term, next time, something like that. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate your asking to, meet, to include me in this project. I have several projects going on right now, and my time doesn't, there's not space in my calendar for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Let me think about that and get back to you. <laughs>
0: Right. So never, ever, 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 say yes when you're asked. Don't answer. Don't say yes when you're asked. If you don't have it in you to say no when you're asked, then say, I'll get back to you on it. Let me check my calendar. I'll get back to it. So you can get your, you know, get yourself collected and then send the email that says thanks, no, thanks. If it's too hard to say no face to face, don't say no face to face. Say I'll get back to you. Then go back and ooh, I've looked at my calendar. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. But that can be the dram- that can be a dramatic shift for people. So when we're talking about like you can make the big decision, for a lot of people, the big decision is to say, nope, nope, nope. And we make the big decision when we say, I'm burnt out. Now we don't have to tell people I'm I'm not doing that because I'm burnout. We don't have to give them information about our mental health. We get to tell them the outcome of it. Mm-hmm. So I work with a couple different people that I coach who are working with burnout. And a bunch of what I do is assuring them that it's okay that they're not working as hard as they used to. Do you have the resources to do that right now? No. Do you have the energy to do that right now? No. So where do you, what do you think is going to make you able to go do it then? Mm -hmm. The answer is no, Mm
1: -hmm. I don't have that
0: resource. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So this, this reminds me we, so by the way, Kel, I can't see comments on Facebook today. So if there are some, just let me know.
0: Yeah. Um, but Somebody said, but "I got it, but, but I have to interrupt you on this because yeah, it's yeah. perfect." That list I was giving, somebody uh-huh. said, "Committee addiction is real, right?" It's so real. It's so hard to say no to committees, right? Oh my and god, they're because, so
1: awful. Like most committees are just so horrendous in their action. Despite no matter what it is, their aim is the actual work of it is oftentimes incredibly exhausting, right? but i wanted to hear what our listeners have to say about like what are you um, you know what 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 kind of burnout is actually happening to you like what are you well,
0: what, where talking- where
1: are you encountering it and how are you encountering it and oh and then uh, the other thing i wanted to say right i had a couple things that were like stacking up as i was listening to you is that before the pandemic I um, actually spoke with my staff at the professors and my executive assistant. And I basically said, we're going, I have reached my limit. And in fact, I'm going to start pulling back my limits because I've been doing this over a decade and I'm looking ahead, Not, not soon, but on the horizon is retirement. And so I'm going to pull stuff back to what I can do rather than me pushing, 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 pushing to all of the things that are possible to do out in the world is no, I'm gonna pull all the things that we do out in the world back to what is doable for me personally. That was really healthy. It totally it's a totally different rubric. It's not all of the things that are possible that the professors in could move in this 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 in this direction and grow 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 grow. It was like no we're gonna if it if it isn't doable for me, then we're not doing it. Even if that means we make less money, whatever, uh, reach for your people, whatever, but any then the pandemic hit. And then, you know, everything went crazy with finances and money and budgets and everything. And it all got super uh, precarious and distressing. And, and so then that just went out the window for two years. Right. And now I'm trying then to it remember like, again.
0: Right. Then it was like, we have to do everything we possibly right. can so we can be here tomorrow.
1: Right. We have to do right. everything. We have to do all the things to make sure right. that we're still okay. And, um, and now, now, like, we're revisiting it. We'd have a few comments. That but I, want
0: to I wanted sure. to, I, I had one that I was starting to say to you before that this, how many times have I feigned illness when I was completely wiped out? And many times, it, as many times as it took before I ended up in the emergency room last April, right? Because. Because feigned more, is in it was, quotation
1: marks, because right. it wasn't feigning.
0: Right. It was feigned back then, and then oh, it, no. right? Or wasn't feigned. Sorry, it wasn't feigned. It actually was a thing. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that that's just... That I love that because it's like, we, the system is set up for us to think more like we're set up to, to see our, our like exhaustion and lack of desire to do it. And all those things as sort of fake, they're not real. It's not a real injury. It's not a Mm -hmm. real anything. It's like your problem, your individual problem, get it together and work until Mm -hmm. our bodies finally say, Hey, you know what? All that time I was telling you enough is enough. Enough is enough and now i'm going to make enough is enough so i think that that sort of and somebody mentions this is in the other comments on facebook is that academic that university i'm going to separate you from your body i'm interested in your brain i'm not interested in your body your body what you do with that we really need to keep it out of the way don't do it oh, on our time don't do it on our time mm-hmm. sorry that whole chronic illness mm-hmm. Uh, mental health, pregnancy, pregnancy, you know, caregiving, caregiving, grief, parental loss, pregnancy loss, any one of those things—that's your body. We don't really do that, so
1: or even the trauma of like being a person who is particularly—I mean, particularly impacted by some kind of large-scale national or international trauma.
0: Right, like, like how many people, how much actual sort of compassion is given for people when they say this particular thing that's going on in the world right now has set me back on my ass and I am not working because I am so burned out with what we're dealing with, right? Did we give that compassion to scholars of color, Black scholars in particular, in the middle of the uprisings of 2020? Did we say, hey, you know what? This is a drawdown on your resources. Of course, you're not going to get as much done. Did we do any of that during the Me Too movement when all of the sexual abuse survivors are having all this stuff in their face all day long? And so you're going to have all these pressures on you. And when you try to push through them, right, that's when we, that's the makings of burnout. And it's why I
1: think the Academy is rife with it. And this week, of course, we have uh, people sharing their trauma stories of abortion. Right. And I mean, feeling like they have to feeling like they have to to be able to to say I had an abortion, I had an abortion. And here's why I had it. And here's what what it meant to me. And um, and telling stories of rape and incest and all of these things. I mean, Twitter is packed full of them. And, you know, reading, you know, people are going to be triggered by those and ups- and distressed, and fearful, and traumatized, and, uh, you know, on, in an unequal way, and, uh, and, and all of that, so, you know, actually, um, yesterday, late, very late in the day, or was it the day before, I guess, it was the day before that the memo was leaked from the Supreme Court, very late in the day, I finally, I, in fact, I was so upset, I, was, could, I couldn't function, I was non-functional, And finally, I I realized that the same story that I was telling myself, Karen, it's okay to be non-functional. It's okay to be non-functional is a natural response. It is even a healthy response to this assault on my sense of safety and bodily integrity. And then I thought, well, you know, Karen, you should probably say this on Facebook. So I went on professor is in and professor is out. And I said, if you are struggling to get anything done because of the shock and trauma of this news from the supreme court i i see you i am with you and it is a reasonable and healthy response and it got you know huge hundreds and hundreds of likes and comments but and but you know we all kind of have to remind each other you know what i mean we have to remind each other
0: right and i think that we also have to keep remembering that 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 just because it doesn't bother us doesn't mean it doesn't bother somebody else isn't going through mm-hmm. it because one of the things that a couple different people have mentioned in the in the comments is about the the trauma of of the the Trump administration and the and the holding of immigrant children. And so if you are an immigrant to the United States, the not being able to function during that time is a reasonable thing. So so w- it seems like we've made a digression here, but I want people to s- go back to this original article that we're talking about, and talking about the risks of, of burnout, the risks of burnout being that out of control, mm-hmm. right? That the, 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 the fear for the future, financial instability, right? um feeling isolated, too many demands. So we, when we're talking about this, like this is too many demands on me in this moment of, of crisis around this topic, this topic, that topic. So I just want to bring that back and remind people, and she also points out in this 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 resource about the people who are more likely mm-hmm. to experience um, burnout and, she talks about the risks for neurodivergent, chronically sick, disabled, people who are minoritized within their place of work, mm-hmm. right, those facing financial hardships, and, right, and people who feel trapped. But those, that list up there, I think that's what we're, we have to remember is to get back to this conversation about burnout. It's-
1: So, and, and I, I, I think that um, with the thing, I wanna go back to what you said, Cal, is that uh, connecting with support, whatever that means, if that's a phone call, whatever that is. And I this actually just reminded me that yesterday I again, I was I was non-functional and I have a morning dance class and I wasn't gonna go, as you know. And uh, and then you you said very gently, you know, not 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 shooting, like you should go, but you were just like, you know, honey you know, sometimes you feel better when you go to dance. And I was like, I can't go. I can't dance. I can't be in my body. I'm too traumatized. I can't even imagine being there. But then I remembered that my teacher, whom I adore uh, for this morning, Tuesday, Thursday morning class, is a very flamboyant out gay man who has really walked the walk in Eugene, Oregon, which is not a place that's easy for gay men to be in and uh and he has just been out there for decades now and i was like you know what i'm gonna go for him because i want to show up for him and he is gonna show up for me Mm. he's gonna show up and i if he can show up i can show up and so i did i went i was 15 minutes late and i went to class and then afterwards i stayed later and and the two of us actually talked a little bit about the supreme court uh, leak. And, you know, and I just started crying and this is really unlike me. I'm I'm a classic academic, very, you know, emotionally repressed and shut down and private. And, uh, and, and, but, you know, it really was that connection of someone who gets it. Like that we were two people who were occupying that same space. In other words, I was, I was coming off of what you were just saying from her list of people who are minoritized, people who are, um, more vulnerable. In this particular case, as gay people, I felt we feel extremely vulnerable. Abortion is not specifically, I mean, they're coming for gay rights next. So to me, it's just, it's all a continuum.
0: Well, it's all just the continuum of control over your body. Mm-hmm. And I want to share one of the comments from from um, Facebook, because I think it speaks to this, like um, that the, the conversation we've been having about making the hard decisions and taking care of yourself and setting the limits. And then the, the comment is, I resigned from my tenure track position post in August 21 because of, I was teaching a four, four three-hour courses and two one-hour courses. And I made the decision to take the year off. If I was intelligent enough to navigate two grad programs for one semester, then I could figure out survival. As a black woman, I chose my health and wellness. I am trying to, trying to survive in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, there, right there is the, I am going to acknowledge and honor that this is too fucking much to ask of me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make a choice and it's a hard choice, but I'm putting myself first. And I think that that's the, here's the, here's the rough spot in that when you're talking about burnout is that you can feel so much like you're just failing Mm -hmm. that it's hard to, to switch it to, I'm not failing. I've just, the bank is overdrawn Mm -hmm. because it doesn't, as my therapist said to me today, you don't get, over, you don't reach capacity in large chunks. It's pennies that get pulled out of the bank, penny by penny by penny. So you don't realize that you are overdrawn in a category until you are overdrawn Mm -hmm. because it's being pulled out by pennies. And I think that to me, that's the sort of sneaky part of burnout is it's, bit by bit, by bit, by bit, until you're just sitting there going, I'm not good at my job. I don't know how to do this. I don't care about this. And again, it's not you. Mm -hmm. But thank you for that. And on
1: that note, someone in the um, comment thread asked if Art of Leaving is starting in the summer. And yes, it is also be, you know, in response to to that exact thing of people saying, you know, maybe, you know, you don't necessarily have to leave. But if you, it's very empowering to know you can. Right. That's the well, place you want to be.
0: Well, and you also, that you can change your relationship to the universe. You can mm-hmm. actually do it. Though, as somebody pointed out in the comments, when you do that sort of, when you, um, when you don't do all the things, then you're, you get a CC'd email from your dean saying not a team player, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's another comment on, on the empty tank thing that says the empty tank effect. I pressed through so many things in grad school with the idea that better times would be ahead. No, not really. That was not my side comment. That's the writers. Uh-huh. I also came from urban education in K through 12, where so many much time was spent fighting structures, leaders, et cetera. Many of those same forces are in academia, too, and increasing. So people think I'm a fresh assistant professor, but I'm a tired mid-career woman. Mm. And I think that's also the thing, is that everybody wants to just encapsulate like put the put their lens around your moment like it's my first year on the tenure track and that's the only thing that existed and it's like if we go back to our very initial comments before we went started recording talking about our our 21 year old who's a junior in college that this is his first full year as a college student and that, so you can look at him through the lens of he's a junior in college. He has all these skills. No, he doesn't because he didn't, because he's actually a, he's three junior in years and he's been, he's had a one semester as a freshman in between. Mm-hmm. So he's being read through a lens that doesn't take in his history.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that we do that too. And that, right? Well,
1: that also just made such an impression on me because I thought back to, when I was, well, both when I was an, a brand new assistant professor and when, and just the kind of model that used to prevail of these like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed little, you know, newbies who were like, yay, fresh out of grad school. And like there was a model. I'm not saying it applied to everybody, but it was certainly a kind of a norm or a model or something. And, uh, and I feel like that just, that there nobody, nobody is going to come into a tenure-track job now with that kind of like naivete and that kind of positivity toward the institution even if you had a fairly good experience i'm not going to agree with you on that but i think
0: there i think there are a lot of people who still feel really good about the whole thing like mm-hmm. come into it and they still feel good i will say that i don't think anybody's coming in full of vim and vigor after 3 years of a pan- two and a half years of a pandemic mm-hmm. yeah that they're exa- we're exhausted Mm-hmm. we're also and i think she has a whole section and we won't go into it because we're way over time but she has a whole section on the on how the pandemic has exacerbated these things mm-hmm. and so i really want to recommend that people go to the researchcompanion.com mm-hmm. um, in this particular one it's researchcompanion.com/burnout mm-hmm and look at, just use the resource. It's so incredibly valuable and and does so much more than we do. And then the book that goes with it, which is being well in academia, ways to feel stronger, safer, and more connected. Mm -hmm. Um, Neither of us has has a chance to read that book, but we have read this thing. And if that book looks like this thing, Mm -hmm. that'll be amazing.
1: And you know, she has a whole final part that is what can you do? And I'm I'm acutely aware that, we didn't really focus on what you can do, and maybe that'll be our topic for next Wednesday.
0: Well, let's just, uh, we did talk about all of them. We just didn't name them. So, Well, let's just...
1: you know, well, there's also things like exercise. <laughs> we, did, we
0: talked about taking time off, mm-hmm. setting boundaries, right? The balance, getting help right? So mm-hmm. all of those, but really do read through the list and we can talk about it a little bit more next time. But thank mm-hmm. you for joining us. And tell, I know we missed some comments today, but clearly this resonates for a lot of people.
1: And if there's more you want to say about this or more resources you want to share and have us discuss, just put it in the in the comments, either on Zoom or Facebook, and we will absolutely look at it and talk about it next week.
0: Right. So I'll give you this one last comment that I think is really, it's, it's, it's tough, but it's accurate. And I just want to say that I think we are at a place in this country, right? And we have been at this place in this country for hundreds of years, but, but damn it, we are at a place that we better start talking about how fucked up this is, how hard it is. The only way forward to collective action is to look it square in the face and say, this is fucked up. So this is a quote from one of the people on the Facebook page that we can, that I think it's a tough ending, but here you go. At the end of the day, you have to ask yourself what really matters. Watching people die from COVID as well as seeing the deaths of colleagues reminded me life is but a vapor and tenure means nothing in the grave. Mm-hmm.
1: Ooh, I got Bumps.
0: So there you go. Thanks for joining us.
1: See you next week.